Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today, I am joined by a guest that has a multifaceted identity. Her name is Chrissy, and she's a global citizen and a podcast host. She started off by living in Southeast Asia. Now she's in Canada. At first, she was a competitive swimmer. She's even an HR graduate, and she's an SAAS consultant. And now she's a podcast host to where she hosts a show to where her listeners can hear inspiring stories and people can come on and talk about their journey and all the things that they've been doing. So we're going to be talking to her about everything that she's been doing and how she got to the point where she is now. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Curtis, for having me in this podcast. I'm thrilled. Well, we're definitely thrilled to have you. Why why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Where do I start? I think you gave us a really good introduction on where I came from and where I am right now. So I guess on my end, what my story is, I am from the Philippines, grew up and born and raised in the Eastern culture. And then when I was nearing my 20s, so I was around 19, I moved to Canada for my parents who are seeking for a better life for their children, which is us. And so my journey really began 10 years ago. It's been a great whirlwind journey. I've been living different lives, I would say, and wearing different hats. As Curtis has mentioned, I did graduate in HR. I did all my designation, worked in an agency and also in-house, loved technology. And so I was studying programming while I was working, which really brought me into the world of software. So currently my My day-to-day is I am working in SaaS, so as a consultant, and my my purpose in my job is to really connect human and technology in every conversation I have. So I'm really grateful to be part of this conversation. As a podcast host, I always am, you know, excited to hear stories from others. So that's that's a bit, a little bit about me, Curtis. (laughs) Well, talk about what it was like coming from the Philippines and and going going over to Canada. What, what was that transition like? Was it hard or, or mm-hmm. what was it like? Did different cultures? Yeah, it was definitely challenging. I would say the main thing is I came here with an identity that I had back home. I was in economics and I was a competitive swimmer. And I remember the year before we were going to move here, I was really aiming for a specific speed, I would say, in layman terms when it comes to swimming, where I want to compete in university specific competitions. 
in a really good school that I really worked hard to get into. And so my parents, when they told me about the news that we were going to go to Canada, it was a mixed emotion where I'm excited because back in the Philippines, when you think about the Western world or the Western society, it's really looked up and people look up to others who are moving to that country because they are aware that it is a developed country. But being able to come here in Canada and see it for myself, the first three years have been very challenging emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Coming from a very Catholic country to a very progressive country, in addition to having a traditional upbringing to going into a Western upbringing that there has been a lot of challenges between myself internally and also me interacting with the world and me interacting with my parents. So those three aspects have been quite of a challenge in the first three years. Uh, I would say that coming in here, making sure that I had all the all the volunteering lined up before I came here, that really opened my world to understanding what it's like to be in Canada, which is there's a lot more open conversations about things that are taboo, about mental health, about community, and about independence. So I would say the three main things that really are different would be community versus individual ideas right the second thing is knowing that you know I can go outside and it's okay versus being in the Philippines and it feels my parents are still getting used to the fact that hey it is a safe country so it's okay for their kids to go out and have do their activities outside not having to worry about them and probably the last part is being able to speak out versus being timid and quiet and more of an observer So that has been what my journey was like moving here. Well, tell us about being a competitive swimmer. Tell us, you know, I guess what kind of dreams you had with that. Did you plan on being in the Olympics or how did you get into swimming? (laughs) Yeah, so very good question, Curtis. And I love the question because it brings back a lot of nostalgic feelings and emotions Swimming has been a huge part of my growth, I would say. I grew up doing summer lessons every single year. My dad used to be more of a leisure swimmer himself, but he used to swim every Sunday in in the pool, by the pool. And so I didn't really expect to be an athlete joining in. The The first reason why I was brought into the swimming world competitively was because I was a very chubby kid. (laughs) And so my parents were like, this seems like a really good activity and she seems to enjoy it. So why don't we put her in a competitive environment? So I was actually in seventh grade when I started oh, maybe eighth grade when I started doing competitive swimming. So not not too young, in my opinion, I would say, but my enthusiasm in being, that was like meditation for me. That was therapeutic. That was me going outside of my comfort zone and me challenging myself. So 
knowing that I started in eighth grade, I was able to get into varsity when I was in university. So I put in a lot of hours in the evenings every single day and Saturdays, sometimes even twice a day on Saturday. My my main goal really at that point before I moved here was to compete in university. I did some competition in Hong Kong as well, but nothing Olympic, I would say level. That would be a nice dream, I would say. Probably if I was to stay there a few more years, I would probably compete on a national level, Southeast Asian Games, if anything. But swimming was just something that kept me going and brought out the best in me. So, yeah, and I hope I, I hope that anyone who's listening in would be able to find that that hobby that really brings out the best in them because it's the most wonderful feeling looking back and being able to apply the skills that you have had, in my case, in swimming, and apply that in every single challenge that I encounter in my life. Well, tell us about taking the leap from HR to technology. What made you do that? And what has that journey been like? That's a (laughs) pretty big leap. Yeah, for sure. It's complete opposites from pure people to pure computers. It's like in your, in your mind, it would be how, how would you even think of going down that route? So my journey really began when I was in university here in Canada. I, I knew that I wanted to get into a role or get into a job where I, I am in front of people and I'm able to interact and basically interview people. And the easiest answer to that was HR. And so I put all my eggs, well, maybe 80% of the eggs in in that basket, because I knew that I wanted to go down that route. But there's a part of me, there's a nudge in me where I, I've always loved math when I was in high school, but I never really thought of diving into any technical role when I was in high school, because I thought, well, people have always said that I'm good with people and that I'm so friendly, I'm so warm. And that kind of made me decide that, hey, you know what, maybe HR is good for me because because that is where my personality is. And that's that's the personality that's shining through. However, on the side, so while I was studying my HR degree, I was doing some workshops and conferences on the side. And there was one specific event called FITC, and this is very much so in Canada. So I would think that they're actually expanding now. So they might even have some from four different countries. So this conference is a three-day or four-day conference, I believe, at that time. And they talked about different aspects of technology from design to programming to VR, AI, internet of things and all aspects where I got to really understand, hey, technology isn't just about you being in front of the computer. You can actually interact with people and somehow integrate your interactions with people within technology and make it smarter and make it more human 
And that's what drew me into technology. But I didn't really dive into it until I did my HR career. So that was around two to three years. I went into a boot camp initially, so coding boot camp. I was doing the career services and then I went into an agency and then into an in-house recruitment. So while I was in the last, that last HR role, I was doing my part-time programming course. The, the last bit of nudge that fully made me take that leap is knowing that I've, I've been surrounded by IT professionals and programmers. I've seen how amazing their teamwork capabilities are. I know that they are in front of computers, but the way that they interact and collaborate within the team is just so inspiring. And so I knew that I wanted to explore that option. And I knew that I made the most out of my HR career doing interviews in recruitment. And that's when I took the leap. I did the six month degree, well, I would say certification. After that, I was doing applied for 200 jobs, 30 interviews. And what really stood out for me was during that process, I learned that I don't want to let go of the part where I get to interact with people outside, so customers in the business. And that's what drew me to diving into a hybrid role, which is a technical support role. And that really leveraged and jump-started my career into human plus tech in the human plus tech industry, which is where I am right now. I hope that gives you a better idea of what that leap looked like, Curtis and everyone. But it wasn't easy. There were a lot of times when I felt like I wanted to just stay in HR, but I knew deep in my heart that if I didn't take this leap, I would regret it. Speaking of not being easy, you're mm-hmm. an Asian woman in a male-dominated field. So how, how do you feel like you're able to, to thrive in a situation that you face on a daily basis? Wow, that's a really good, well-thought, profound question, Curtis. And that is something that is an ongoing conversation within myself and also with the people around me. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up. In my previous roles, I've always been, and yeah, the only, like in my last role, I was the only person, I was the only girl for a year or so in a 10-person team until another girl joined me. And in my current role, another girl also joined me but before that I was the only one and so before I've always thought that that wasn't the case before joining tech I was like um maybe that's just for programmers not for roles where it's also front-facing but then I realized okay well it's a technical role and there's a lot of kind of stereotype that men are better when it comes to logic and technicalities so for me, how I tackle it is I, I go into work knowing that I'm going in there to contribute, to collaborate, and to share my part of the pie. 
And I'm there with an open mind to hear the experiences of the men who are in my department. And honestly, I'm, I'm so lucky. Maybe I got so lucky because I've always had such positive experiences with the people I've been in the team with that being asking questions and kind of tapping in their shoulder and asking them, can you elaborate a little bit more of how this works? They, they approached it in a way where they just talk to me like a normal person. I know there's a term called mansplaining, but I, I can really count with my fingers on as to when that happened. And I don't recall the exact moment when it happened. I just knew that being in good cultured company really breeds good people to work with that you wouldn't feel like you are any different because of your gender. And yes, also I'm Asian. So I think me being Asian has more of a challenge than me as a woman. I do find that. And I think it's more so on the stereotype that Asian people tend to be more timid and tend to not speak up. And so I think what's going on, and I haven't really experienced this extensively in my tech career. I have had that experience in my HR career to be surprising, actually. That's more of a shocking revelation. But in my tech career, I've been so blessed with a great culture company that allowed me to grow and progress without any borders without any limitations so as an Asian woman I think it's me to kind of work on the challenges internally and learn to speak up because I noticed the more I do speak up it's actually not seen as negative it's seen as something positive so I guess to to summarize that Being a woman in tech has been more than a blessing than anything, at least in my experience. I've been blessed with very secure men in my company who are not afraid of women thriving. And being Asian is something that I would like to learn more of, to improve on, knowing that I have internal stereotypical habits of maybe that that is projecting, being projected in how I interact with others. So I guess to answer your question in sim- simply, it's, it's more internal for me than external, which I'm grateful for being in tech. Well, you know, sometimes when people graduate, from college, wherever they mm-hmm. might not know which way to turn. So what advice would you give those who graduate and they, they're kind of lost when they get out? I would say the best way for you to find out what you really like is to just start something, start on something What on what you're interested in. So Let's say if you finish in, in my case, I was in HR. I didn't even know if I wanted to be an HR manager, an HR coordinator, benefits or administrator. There's so many streams. Options can be a curse, right? Choice can be a curse. 
but you can also turn that into a blessing and dive into one decision, get, get deep into that choice that you've made and really commit to it, learn as much as you can. And that focus on that specific opportunity, because who knows where that opportunity would bring you that might bring you in so many directions that looking back, tracing the dots, looking back would make more sense than planning out what you're going to do in the next four, five, three years. I would say the first thing I would say is focus on short-term goals when you graduate because there's so many opportunities laid out for you. And this may not apply for everyone, but this have been very this has been very helpful in my experience and in my kind of inner circle, also my my siblings experience where it can be overwhelming. So focus on what's in front of you, apply on, go apply and commit to it. Once you pick a job, ask questions to the recruiter, right? About what you're curious about and focus on it and live it out as much as you can until you know for sure that you've maxed out on that role. And then from there, you can go ahead and find a different chapter. So first, focus on short-term goals, three, six months. That would take you a long way. The second thing I would say is network. Networking can be a very intimidating word for many people. But how I see networking is build relationships throughout your university years, throughout your high school years, because you don't know, you might actually connect with this person again in a company that you will be working in, or they might connect you to someone who might be looking for a role that's aligned to what you are interested in or what you're doing. Do it in the intent of building your community, building your allies, right? So see networking as a positive aspect of your growth. I wouldn't say that it's, I wouldn't use networking to use someone. I don't think that's the purpose of it. I think the purpose of networking is to just connect with someone, see if you have something in common and stay in touch because, you know, especially in right now in the world of pandemic, I'm sure that people who are graduating, it's not any easier, right? So connect with whoever you can in school. And maybe if you're still, if you're also at work, if you're working part-time, stay connected with those people. And lastly, enjoy the process. Uh, Enjoy the process because you don't know where life will take you. So focusing on what you can learn and adapting to new environments would be a huge, huge factor in your success. Being resilient when it comes to adversity would bring you to many places. And I would just go through the ups and downs, go through the motions, and when you reach to your place, learn the last advice will be to reflect. Looking back and being appreciative and being grateful to everything that you've gone through and knowing what you like and what you don't like in your career would bring you to better and better opportunities. Well, tell us about 
your podcast, what it's about, why you started it, and also what has your experience been like interviewing and having people tell their stories on your show? Yeah, it's been great, Curtis, to be honest. I started my podcast two years ago, November, two years ago, yep. And the reason was being because it's it's nothing too, I guess, magical. It's more of realization that I've always enjoyed interviewing someone. And I remember there was a point in my life where I had a friend and she was like, you know what? I have a question for you. And she said, what would you do if you didn't have to think about time, money, resources? What would you do every single day? I told her, this was probably five years ago. I said, you know what? I actually just want to go around the world and go around the city or even go around the country, talking to people, interviewing them, more of just hearing their stories and what made them who they are, because that for me is so uplifting. And so I guess with enough, you know, reflection going on during COVID, that's, that's, effect of working from home, which I think is a blessing that made me realize, Hey, you know what? Now is a good time for me to actually start that project I've been thinking about for the longest time. And so I took that leap. It's my podcast is called moments with Chrissy. How long did it take for me to think of that name? I think it took me a month to really contemplate on what I want my podcast to to be called as and the reason why I called it as moments with Chrissy I think it's because we sometimes we go through life not only focusing on the destination and so the purpose of my podcast is to bring in guests and hear their stories and bring them back to those specific moments that made them who they are and sometimes we get teary you know we we get into a very teary-eyed conversation. And for me, that's a huge achievement because that touched on some, something very delicate, but also memorable in their lives that they may have forgotten. So yeah, being able to sit down with someone probably for now virtually, I don't know when we'll be able to do in person, but hopefully soon. I It's been a wonderful, wonderful ride on my, I would say the first season was interviewing people who are close to in my close in my life. So, and the second season is interviewing people who are initially strangers. And hopefully, you know, we can stay in touch. If not, that's okay too. But being able to hear the two different kind of perspectives from people you already know to people you have never have spoken to previously is just mind blowing because you can have the sim you can have similar conversations about life about love about family about culture because both parties are very open you go into the conversation with an open mind and an open heart so for me it's been a wonderful ride being able to bring in guests and hear their stories and just dive into the lessons that they've learned and kind of laugh about things that we probably have connected on, even though it's only been probably the first or second conversation. And probably Curtis, you feel the same way when you interact with people. Yeah, that's been 
my journey with the podcast. Absolutely. Whether you have any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Currently, actually, um, not nothing in particular. I'm focusing on the podcast and being able to bring in good content for the audience where people are able to relate and connect with. So I would say my season two is ending and season three will be coming up in the latter part of the year where we will be diving into the deeper aspects of life, love, and culture. So I think those are the main things that I'm, I'm still currently working on. Well, why don't you throw out your contact information that way people can keep up with your show and everything that you're doing, your website, your social media links, all that good stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, yes, everyone, if you are interested to learn more about culture, life, love, and healing, definitely check out Moments with Chrissy. I'm oh, I'm available in Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and you can check out my Instagram at Moments with Chrissy Podcast as well. Uh, those are the main channels that you can reach out to me. However, if you want to, you know, send out an email, just like old school style, you can definitely reach out to me as well at momentswithchrissy at gmail.com. Yes, that's about it. <laughs> well, we'll close us out with this final, final question. Give us some final thoughts on this question. How yes. does one adapt or change without losing their roots and values? Because I know that you come from one culture and had to adapt to another one. How, how, how do people do that without losing their roots and values and who they really are? Close us out with that. That's amazing, Curtis. It's not easy moving to a new country, but I am so grateful to be brought up in the Philippines because that place brought me a lot of good values and culture and just lots of colorful aspects in my life came from that country. So an advice that I would have for someone who want to keep their roots while adapting to a new country is to reflect. I think being able, for me, I started my reflection when I first came here. Every six months, I would write in my journal to talk about my emotional, mental, physical, personal, and societal even experiences. And at the end of that, I would write down the highlights and what I'm grateful for. And in the end, I always noticed that I'm grateful for my family and for my values and for, for the opportunities that come to me. So I think for someone to be able to keep their roots, they must have that grateful heart. They must be able to appreciate and recognize that everything that has happened in their past brought them to where they are right now. And no matter how positive or negative it has been, see it in the light where it brought you so much strength to become the person that you are right now. So you're able to thrive in the environment you were brought into. Any other advice that I would have is to take it easy, take it day by day and find you know, organizations and community groups that are similar to where I came from. So in my case, I'm 
actually Filipino Chinese. So I have Filipino friends and Chinese friends. I joined a Filipino organization and I even joined a Chinese class when I first moved here. And that gave me nostalgic feelings and emotions that kept me grounded of, hey, you know what, this is who I am. And I appreciate everything that I have learned. But also, I would want you to, I would suggest to also find activities that are very local to your city or to your country. In my case, Canada, I've never had or seen snow, probably just fake snow in my entire life. But being able to do some skiing lessons and just find winter activities that made me understand, hey, so this is what being Canadian is all about. And I'm sure there's more. But that has helped me integrate into the culture, but also keep my roots intact. You won't be able to keep everything, but at least remember the important and the solid values that you would want to keep and that would propel you to so many places because companies now really appreciate diversity of not just your background, but also your perspective and your insight. So be proud of where you came from. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Moments with Chrissy, be sure to check out that podcast. Also, be sure to like, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. Chrissy is a very inspirational person with a very inspirational message. And Android listeners, go to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app on the Google Play Store and hit that download button. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Curtis. Have a wonderful week. I appreciate your time and your presence in this moment. (laughs) For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.